Yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. The future is here. We're here. This is the first Technology Revolution, the future of now show of 2022. I'm so excited to be back. I miss doing the show live over the holidays. We've got a great panel today, and this is week number four live of our annual prediction special. We call it the Crystal Ball Prediction Special. And we're going to be talking about 2022. So let me tell you a little bit about, well, I'm going to start with my usual opening monologue, and then I will introduce my guests, and they're all going to wave. We are live. Oh, guests, first of all, wave hello to LinkedIn. Come on everybody let's have a holiday happy holiday happy new year after holiday wave and hello to facebook and hello to voice america we're broadcasting live on the business channel so today's buzz is from marty mcfly and doc Doc Emmett Brown in the movie Back to the Future, if anybody can remember, it was a series from 1985 to 1990. Paul is is nodding. It's a sci-fi movie trilogy. I have five interesting quotes, and I'm going to ask you all a question after that. First quote is, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Number two quote is, whoa, this is heavy. Number three quote is, 1.21 gigawatts, 1.21 gigawatts. Yes, that's the way he said it in the movie. Quote number four is, your future is whatever you make it. And quote number five is, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Those were quotes from Marty McFly and Doc Emmett Brown. So could anybody on this panel have predicted we would still be quoting Marty and Doc Brown today 30 years later? Anyone? I don't think so. I don't think so. So to our audience around the world, if you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball, we've got uh, Harisha's coming back to audience. If you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2022 holds for your company, your community, your industry, your world, we've got the next best thing. This is week four of my live seven week special crystal ball predictions. And I'm bringing you insights from more than 60 60. That's a lot of people. That's five dozen. 60 thought leaders covering the technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help you grow and compete and live better in 2022 and beyond. So we're live. Today is January 5th, 2022, and I have nine visionaries with me, and they were all special because they were featured on last year's series, The Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, and I'm very happy to have them all here. So to my listeners, to my viewers, pour a cup of Joe. Listen up. It's a new list. Pour a cup of Joe, a cup of Earl, a glass of Jack, a little dram of Bailey's, and maybe some leftover Dom. Those are all first names. We need to get a girl's name in there somewhere, Smith. I don't know. And join us for, yeah, Tia Maria. We'll, we'll add Tia Maria. And jo- <laughs> join us for one of my favorites. Join us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. 2022 Crystal Ball Predictions Part, part 4 Alive. Yay! Okay, let me tell you who my guests are. You're all going to wave hello when I call your name. First up, we have, first of all, shout out to our showrunner, Hasmin Bolanos. She is not able 
able to join us today. She is a marketing strategist and esteemed person who works with me at Deloitte. And I want to thank Hasmin and her colleagues for a wonderful year of engaging, timely, and globally relevant topics and very savvy panelists. And we are looking forward to season three. Chip Kleinexel, wave hello. Chip is a principal at Deloitte Consulting's Enterprise Performance Practice, where he is a business transformation executive leader for large, complex programs. I'm glad we don't have little business cards anymore, Chip. There's no way we could fit that all on there. Thank you. We have Juan Manuel Garcia. Juan Manuel, you have been under the weather. We're so excited you're here. Thank you very much for feeling better. He's a senior manager at Deloitte Consulting's SAP practice in consumer products industry. We have Oren Gishuri. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Hi, Oren. He's a specialist master at Deloitte Consulting's SAP practice and, I'm sorry, at Deloitte Consulting leading technology integration and implementation projects. There's another long title. We have Venki Rangachari, VP, IT Enterprise Architecture, and he's at HPE. He's from Hewlett Packard Enterprise, the global IT team. Venki, we're so happy to have you join us today. You were also on the Kinetic Enterprise. We have Smitha Shadavapuri. I hope I said that. Shadavaparu. I think I got it right. Senior Manager in Deloitte's Enterprise Performance SAP Practice, and she is a digital transformation leader focusing on strategic technology and operations in finance. Thank you, Smitha, for joining us. We have Harish Kumpari. Hello, Harish. And Harish is a senior leader in Deloitte's SAP supply chain practice aligned to the oil, gas, and chemical industry. We have Kevin Foster. Hello, Kevin. How are you? He's been on many shows with me on other series. Senior Manager at Deloitte's SAP Practice leading innovation in the automotive industry. Vroom. And we have Paul Kana, Senior Principal in Deloitte's Global SAP Consulting Practice and a Business Transformation Thought Leader. Hello, Paul and Jamie McCall. Where there's Jamie. Jamie is a director in Deloitte's SAP UK practice, and he leads the enterprise transformation team. Oh my, what a list. What a bunch of savvy people. I'm so excited to have you all. Let's get the party started. Chip, you're up first. I'm putting you on speaker view. Three minutes. What do you see coming up the road, down the pike, whichever direction we're going in 2022? Chip, go for it. Hey, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Always enjoyed to be here with my colleagues. Um, when I look to this this coming year of 2022, I think one thing that we're going to see is some drastic change in terms of how our clients actually look at their own IT organizations. I think you're going to see that, you know, with the modularity that cloud brings, with the self-service that cloud applications bring, and with them transitioning to more and more cloud products, I think we're also going to see many of our clients' IT organizations try to address and adopt a lot of those same practices where they can free up their people to be working on more value-add things by embracing things on how do they no longer focus on tickets, but instead how do they automate the intake of those tickets? How do they automate the resolution of those tickets? How do they drive that automation in the products that they have and that their businesses use so that they then can be focusing more on what else can they build what else can they adopt? And so I think, you know, the, 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 the bringing in of more cloud products, the adoption of more automation is going to allow them to be able to drive that. It's going to allow them to be more agile as an organization, free up more time for the value-added things that they want to do while automating the services that they typically have provided to their businesses over the past year and years before. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you very much. Anything uh, you want to predict on a, a personal human level? Anything about where we're going? Will we be using flying taxis in 2022? Or will we all be switching to electric cars? That's a question I have for Kevin Foster. But Chip, anything on a more well, personal I, level? I can, I can make one prediction and I can say it with certainty. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Detroit Lions will not be winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. Well, okay. <laughs> See, I wanted you to be the pace car. I wanted you to set the pace for this. Sports predictions are welcome. Thank you very much, Tim. Let's go to our next guest is Juan Manuel Garcia. Juan, we're so happy you're here. I know you haven't been feeling well. And I said, ah, if your throat clears up and you can talk, we want to hear your voice. So go ahead, Juan. Welcome. Exactly. Thank you very much. It's a good voice this week. I I kind of like it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I'm, I'm seeing, like, uh, how can I keep this? Anyways, uh, I think uh, in terms of, of predictions, and, and to be totally honest, it, it changed what I had thought before uh, compared to the what I've been experiencing in the last couple of days. And I think it, it's going to go in terms of flexibility. I think we, we have... We, we talk about a lot about flexibility in terms of workspace, in terms of life, in terms of balance, in terms of family, in terms of work. It is really needed at all levels that you can imagine. And, and this is something where, from a business perspective, from a technology perspective, from a personal perspective, it needs to be, and, and I'm sure it's going to be one of the priorities for this year. I, I can tell you that just this week, I experienced the lack and actually the actual flexibility of two airlines at the same time. And it was a totally different experience dealing with that. One, I, I solved it, my flexibility about changing travel plans in literally less than three minutes. The other ones have been dealing that for the whole week and still I don't have a response. And really the two, the two organizations are offering exactly the same service or in theory, the same service, and they are covering the same need. And from a customer perspective, I think the realization was that I don't care a lot about anymore about necessarily the difference in price, which was not very big. I don't care about the service at this point in time, which of course, as long as it's on time, I, I, it's okay. That flexibility right now changed my whole focus of who I'm going to be, who's going to be my next provider for that. And that's something that, to be honest, I just discovered and about this priority this week. And I say, ah, maybe that, that is something where from an organizational perspective, from a business perspective, this, this has to be one of the key drivers. It is not about the quality only anymore. It's not about only client yes. services, about being able to solve the specific <clears throat> situations in life, in life that we are seeing right now at that Honestly, I don't think they're going to be solved in the next in the next few months or, in, or even this year. And we need to, to keep dealing with those. So that, that's my take on that, actually. Totally okay. changed from what I had before. But yeah. It, it's interesting. Personal experience does change. And, and no matter, you're all in business and you all have a worldview and you all are looking at business strategies. I, I respect everything you all do professionally, but you're still people and you still have those experiences, right, Manuel? And we still we still shop and we still, some of us travel and we use providers. And uh, when the power goes out, right? Or when the internet goes down, 
right? The inconvenience, the difficulties, we all think, who are we using? What is the provider doing for us? How adept are they? Why are they not getting better service to us? I wanted to switch to fiber optic service because my provider was so slow. I called six services and they said, well, we we put the lines in the street a block from your house, but it doesn't pay for us financially to bring it to the homes in the neighborhood. So we want you to go and rent an office in a high rise office building that has fiber, pay about 20,000 in rent a year and we'll charge you $4,000 a month. For, and, and that's the only way you're going to get fiber. Thank you very much. That's what a salesperson told me. Guess what? Never mind. Okay, here I am, home office and just holding on for dear life with my connection. Thank you very much, Juan. Great perspective. Oren Gashuri, you're up next. What do you predict for the world? Well, first, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be here. I just want to say about the back to the future quotes you said at the beginning, uh, which is essentially about time travel. When here we are, where time has lost all meaning, right, in the past two years. So it's a, just an interesting little tie-in. So you mentioned before the, the, the call about the Great Resignation, and that's kind of what, what, what I wanted to talk about. Everybody's been focusing on the Great Resignation, and, you know, employees have been given a lot of power in the past, you know, year or so. Uh, there's a lot of dissatisfaction, malaise with current working situations, which is why people are moving on. But the aspect of it that we aren't talking enough about is the great migration, which is the power of people to move and work anywhere. You have countries around the world that are offering very generous visas to your digital nomads to come and work in the Bahamas, in you know Bali, whatever the, the case is. And what is the incentive for a young or even somebody my age, uh, a worker to sit and stare at a snowy, bleak landscape when they could be having their feet in the water, you know, and, uh, you know, eating fresh fish off of uh, canapes, you know, there's there's no reason why people need to be locked into a location anymore to do their work. And this year, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more people realizing that there's, Uh, a whole wide world out there. And yes, COVID, Omicron, all the stuff that's still out there. But, you know, quarantining is staying at home. So why not quarantine in a much more uh, agreeable place? Uh, There's some statistics out there that say up to 40% of the global workforce is going to become mobile in the next couple of years. So that, I think, is something to really watch out for. Very interesting. More. I want some more from you, Aaron. Anything else you want to share? NFTs, really? Yes, yes, talk uh, to me. So, come on. Uh, I, I love blockchain and its underlying technology. A lot of applications. We're going to start seeing that in a lot of financial instruments in the next few years. But NFTs, uh, a unique digital image that I own that I can't just download off the internet, I, I don't quite get it. Perhaps that's a function of my era. Perhaps it's a function of I think it's a big snow job. I'm not saying that NFTs are uh, complete waste. I think it's a step to something else. But right now, I just don't get it. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking of of uh, doing an NFT for some of my radio shows. I had ten series this year, and I thought maybe I could sell something like me sitting in front of the technology revolution sign. I don't know. Would anybody invest in that, Oren? Well, people are making millions and millions of dollars off of NFTs, so probably you would do well. I just personally don't get it. <laughs> Paul, Paul wanted to comment. Go ahead, Paul. 
No, I, I actually think, uh, to Oren's point, I think NFTs is the entry drug, if you will, yeah. to much broader opportunity that you'll see organizations jump on, right? So, for example, I've seen uh, organizations say about NFTs uh, in ways that they haven't thought about. But like, so, you know, you have a lot of media companies that stream media, but, you know, what if they created NFTs as uh, a mechanism? What if an organization created an NFT uh, for an application that they developed uh, or even an interface that they could resell and they can re repurpose, et cetera? So there's a lot of applications around the blockchain that I think we're just scratching the surface on. And all the stuff we're seeing around art and all this stuff is just, again, something to make it simple for us to uh, you know, consume. But to Warren's point, there's still a lot of education that needs to be done there. But I do think NFTs uh, are going to accelerate in importance in the next couple of years. It's a stepping stone. And just for the people playing at home, NFT <laughs> is a non-fungible token, just to explain the concept. Thank you. Anybody else have a comment about, we're running way ahead of schedule here. We have uh, a several, several people left, but you're all going very quickly. I thought we would be pushing more and more of the boundaries of predictions so we can take our time now. But does anybody else have any comments on NFTs? Is anybody buying any? Oh, is anybody mm -hmm. invested in any NFTs? Does anybody, I think, I think yes? NFTs will, 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 platforms will boom in 2022. It will be the first step towards privacy, identity, owning something, but you will see a plethora of new identities and new NFT tokens there. So, I mean, NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. Maybe from a security perspective, people will say, hey, it's not, maybe the fungible thing can be fungible, right? So you also, <laughs> you know, this will bring a plethora of security uh, yep. attacks as well on NFT. For sure. It's be interesting to it, watch. It sounds like a mushroom, <laughs> fungible. I'm sorry. It, it really does. I appreciate that. It so happens that Venki is next on our guest list. So Venki, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please, let's have your predictions. Take your time. You're all going way too fast. Take your time. Slow down, Venki. Go ahead. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. I mean, uh, as you can see from my background, I put the Zoom background of paper towels back in early 2020. I still continue to have that since since we are still working in this hybrid world. So my first prediction would be that, you know, this is the future of work. Hybrid work is the future of work. We will in 2022, we will finally see uh, the uh, ability to build a real infrastructure for remote workplace. You know, you, you will see a boom in 5G, 6G technologies, internet, satellite connectivity, Wi-Fi, high-powered Wi-Fi. I mean, your your remote work in you know will will be the area that people will be spending a lot of money. Along with that, you'll also have an investment and boom in terms of cybersecurity tools to, uh, to, to, to make your connectivity more secure because your home network, your remote network, wherever you are, is going to be the new, new target, you know, uh, uh, for, uh, from, from a cyber perspective. And, uh, and then you're going to also have tools, new tools that enhance the, uh, uh, your hybrid work culture in terms of your connectivity back to the office. So we call that edge to office, the connecting your edge to the office. So you're going to have a new new set of tools that will come up in 2022. My next my next one would be, you know, if 2021 was the year of supply chain, we saw supply chain dis disruptions, whether it be paper towels to other ones, right, that you have chip, <laughs> chip shortages. 2022, from a technology pers perspective, will be a breakthrough for blockchain technologies. Blockchain will disrupt supply chain, and it is ripe for disruption there, right? So that's my second one. 
my third one is a little bit of remorse in the say the you know you know there's, there's been a rush towards cloud migration and i call the second wave the cloud migration repentance you know you're going to have people who just move too fast into cloud migrations then didn't follow the required security practices misconfiguration so you will result you know you know this will this will result in some data breaches and you'll you know finally you know there'll be the cloud migration repentance if you will right uh and my my next one is you know your security and privacy will continue to dominate your headlines as more and more businesses go digital more and more digital transformations continue to happen pivot to the cloud pivot to the edges this will just you know have a in a new wave of uh, security and privacy uh, uh, issues that that pop up and will continue to evolve in this world and you know one of my final predictions would be that we will continue to grow in terms of hybrid cloud public cloud was a first wave uh not not every workload fits into a public cloud then the adoption of private cloud happened in this hybrid world we will continue to grow in a hybrid cloud multi cloud environment no no one cloud is going to be secure and stable so you're going to have the growth of multi cloud and hybrid cloud environment and connectivity to the edge whether that be wifi or 5g or uh, or or so so Those are my predictions there. I have a question for you. Will you be doing anything different or interesting interesting in terms of your pastimes, your hobbies, your driving habits, your travel habits in 2020? I'm going to go around the table after we're done and ask everybody anything anything special, anything exciting on the plate for you in terms of how technology is impacting you, Vinky, you as a human being, as an individual. Any thoughts? I started I started 2022 on Zoom calls in my home, you know, in front of a camera for a few hours. Over the last few months I've taken my Zoom calls on, you know, uh on a walk, on a hike, you know, uh if I can have my phone with me, if I can have my camera in front of me, if I can if I can participate and contribute uh in in except when I, when I need need to, need to need to present i can be anywhere it doesn't doesn't matter i don't need to be sitting in my seat so i think it, this will this will promote a healthy lifestyle and i see that happening more i like that a lot how many of you are using your zoom on your phone mobile walking around moving around smitha is anybody else Harish is, Kevin is, Chip is. I I haven't done well I yes, Oren is. I'm pretty much tethered to my home office cuz my broadcast studio is here, but that's an interesting idea. Thank you very much. Smitha, you're up next. Welcome. Go ahead. Regale us. Take your microphone off mute, please. Smitha, you're still on mute. Okay. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh Bonnie, I'm really glad to begin the new year with a conversation with you and all the rest of the leaders it's it's always fun to be here um i will basically start with a very customer facing first right because in in this world it's become more important than ever that customer is truly the king and queen or whatever they believe they are and as we are looking into uh, or in touch upon it a little more um so did uh, some of the other speakers where we are actually moving into an experience economy where customers are looking for the best experience they have ever received it doesn't matter if they're buying toilet paper or if they're basically going and buying a complex system the 
at the end of the day, all they are looking at is, is my experience from this client or custom, you know, is the same as another person. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. That And that means that we initially used to have, when we are looking at across industries, we would have B2C and B2B customers. There are no longer those kinds. It's all one customer. That means that, you know, all irrespective of the fact that it's B2B, which is business to business or business to consumer, they are looking at the same experience per se and the expectations are similar. And Additionally, another thing I believe that's truly coming up is the convenience revolution. We've seen more in terms of a lot of apps that kind of came in. That means that that convenience experience is becoming a differentiator that is going to disrupt. So a lot of organizations will have to look at to say, how do I make the best experience for the customer and how do I make it convenience? Because at the end of the day, any customer is willing to pay a little more, not $4,000, Bonnie but still a little more than than what they would have done for that additional extra convenience factor. So I believe those are some of the differentiators and disruptions. With that, if I tie that to some of the technologies, Orin bought up NFTs, I will basically tie it back to the new terminology we are hearing on the web, which is Web 3.0, which is a connection of NFTs, blockchains, because another thing we are also moving to or noticing is customer is literally moving to a cashless, um, you know, economy. That means that, you know, they don't want to deal with banks and, you know, they don't want all these interfaces of third party providers. So I believe Web 2.0, we are just dipping our feet into it. And I do know that some people are talking about decentralization. I don't think we would totally be in a decentralized web yet. We'll, we'll, we'll be somewhere in the middle. But obviously, that is something that I'm looking at as the next revolution. Another thing I think that's going to get hot is metaverse, because everybody are looking at how do I basically turn metaverse not just a gaming or a fun activity, but almost a world by itself. We've seen that in the world of games. Yeah, sorry. I will pause if you want to share. No, no, no. I'll wait. No, no, no. Then. I'll call in and I saw him raise his hand too. Go ahead, Smith. Perfect. Keep going. Perfect. So, you know, people are looking at how can I make a business out of metaverse? Like if, if everybody's going to a concert, you know, can, can I, can somebody actually order a pizza via the metaverse and get it there. You know, hypothetical examples, just throwing ideas out. But those are some of the use cases I see coming up in in, in the world as we speak. Uh, obviously, tying to that conversational AI is just going to go harder because like um, Juan said, people don't want to wait for a customer service anymore. They want faster. Um, they want quicker, um, you know, quicker services and what else can it do instead of conversational AI because all you do is you get on and you get what you need, right? The new Jarvis and all the other um, Siri or any other AIs that organization are building. So that's another disruption I'm also seeing. Um, obviously, going back to your back to your future quotes, I think the whole Space race will be racking up. People are going to look at it as how do I make it faster? How do I make it cheaper? But how do I also make it carbon efficient? Because I think with all the things that we are seeing, COVID, the climate issues, I think all the organizations will be 
looking at sustainability how can i make sure we are building sustainable products so even space that area would be impacted so that is one of the other things i you know i can share more electric cars i think are just going to get heated up you've seen teslas of the world you've seen the lucid in the luxury segment you've seen ford come back full force yesterday in our stock market so Rivian. there you go that's the uh, vivian is the new one so there is a lot of hot things that's happening in that space per se so those are some of the th- predictions i have and obviously we all know with the great resignation and like oren said the migration and hybrid work environment is here to working environment we he's here to say now it, it's interesting because now for organizations employees are also going to be customers in a way that means that you know the the impact that employers bring in you know that have an impact if if i care about environment or if i care about something if that organization represents that is the organization i as an employee would like to work for mm. so that's another thing so you know cuz it's it looks like everything it's the customer revolution all our technology everything we do will be revolving around that that's my prediction thank you smitha we had a hand raised there or and you want to comment on metaverse Go i ahead. did well first of all smitha had so many juicy topics there but but I'll focus on metaverse as a lifelong nerd I feel like I need to remind people that Neil Stevenson coined this term back in 1992 so this is not a new concept but what is interesting if you guys are following CES the consumer electronic show which is going on this week yes. almost everybody is talking about metaverse Hyundai made it a cornerstone of their uh, of their show talking about how they're integrating auto technology with metaverse and and there's a lot of a lot of different aspects that people are playing on but this is just another another environment this is first of all it's going to be several years off before we even are there that we're we're just building foundation now but uh i i think it's going to take even that long for people to get used to the idea uh and uh, the big thing here is the cognitive dissonance between people and the technology. I want to I just wanted to make that point. But I also wanted to key in on something else that she was talking about, that Smith was talking about, which is the customer. I just want to say everyone is someone else's customer. Yep. Right? This is not just about uh, you know, Deloitte and its clients or uh, a company and and its uh, and its uh, customers. Uh, HR needs to look at employees as customers. Uh, CEOs need to look at their entire population of employees as customers. That this is the relationship that needs to change and the great resignation to tie that back in is part is a symptom, not a cause, right? It is a symptom of how organizations have been handling employment thus far and I think people need to take a, a long and hard look about uh how how things have been and how they should be. Thank you. Oh, the stories I could tell about early jobs in marketing for a big um uh, shall we say a non-commercial non-residential bank if you get my point. Mm. Non non-walk-in bank, a business bank uh where the <laughs> I was told you either take a 3% raise when you start with us or you're never getting a raise in the next 3 4 5 6 7 8 t- 9 years as long as you live in this company and your reviews will be thrown out and one person ran HR personally. 
personally, mm. and nobody got reviews and people got screamed at. Those were the days when HR got away. I'm just going to leave it at that, Oren, because that's a whole separate show. Yep. No, no grousing here, but boy, you learn fast how to defend yourself and how to keep afloat and you get out as soon as you can. Go enough comment there. Let's go to uh, Harish. You're up next. Harish, I'm putting you on speaker view. Welcome. How are you? Good. Happy New Year, everyone, and morning. Good to be here on your show uh, again. Thank you. What a what a terrific start of the year to talk about the prediction for rest of the year. Uh, absolutely delighted to be here. Uh, so just to just to reflect on what everybody is talking about. I think we just thought uh, walking into the new year that COVID is behind us, and uh, here comes the Omnicon, and then I don't know who, what else is going to come. Right? Uh, what we have seen uh, from the last years, the organizations have. Uh, have adopt have started adopting to this ever changing market dynamics. I mean, Kevin can uh, support and, and note about uh, one of the major uh, automotive company jumped into uh, manufacturing or start to manufacture the ventilators, right? Just to meet the need of an hour to uh, to to uh, support the whole cause around the COVID, right? Uh, and think about the agility it requires for an automotive company to start the whole new manufacturing setup to, to kind of deliver a brand new product, which they never would have thought of, right? So what it tells me is, and this is going to continue, right? I mean, as I said, we just thought uh, the COVID was behind us now, but it's, it's, it's out there and something else and something else will come up, right? So what it tells me is... In, while we walk into the 2022, businesses will continue to evolve um, to, to their product lines, to their product portfolios, and, make, and meeting this market, uh, ever-changing market dynamics, right? So I would, I would foresee a lot of consolidations and mergers and acquisitions and aligning to the new product portfolio going forward. That will continue to happen uh, and incre- at an increasing space, uh, pace at uh, uh, to be to be uh, to be precise, and this will lead to a lot of opportunities for technology consolidation. Right, gone are the days where people are like go- going on a multi-ERP transformation journey. Right, so here clients will increasingly look for faster time to uh, transformation and faster time to customer. Like to see Smita's point, uh, we all want to uh, want to get back to our customer as early as possible in the best experience they can ever have. Right. Uh, and to, to how do we do that? I think some of the vehicles to get there to to uh, faster time to the market will be the robotics, or the automations, innovations, uh, market, uh, the artificial intelligence, machine learning. You will continue to see these play a larger role in every other aspect of the business we do. Uh, and 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 some of the, some of us have already talked about the blockchain. That. <coughs> the entire uh, supply chain, uh, the way we look at, the way we operate, right? So uh, those will those will be my prediction for, for 2022 as we walk into that uh, fantastic year. We'll have all of these uh, on our way. Thank you, Harish, very much. We're hoping for a fantastic year. From your lips to your lips to everybody who's listening, there we go. Thank you so much. Kevin Foster is up next. Welcome, Kevin. What have you got? Bonnie, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure and happy new year for everyone. So, um, you know, great topics that everyone's brought up thus far and agree with all of them, right? So, I mean, two words come to mind, right, is both innovation and disruption. 
And so that's the way to kind of frame up the market right now. When we we look at disruption, we're getting disruption from supply chain, like Venki mentioned. Uh, we're getting people disruption in terms of not having enough workers, whether it be trucking, which is causing the supply chain issues, whether it be even workers with COVID not coming in to, to the office, having to still, you know, what we call it, operate the day-to-day, which is impacting that overall customer service. So what I, I believe focus is going to be on how do we minimize the disruption from the different variables that are hitting your overall supply chain and your work organization. I think companies are going to leverage technology for that, right? So leveraging more AI automated functions, right? Um, with the rise of uh, electrification and automation, right? We look at, you know, a lot of the AV companies, most of the uh, automotive is looking at AV as the next wave. And that's a great mechanism to counteract the disruptions that we're seeing in the trucking industry, not having enough workforce to, you know, keep our supply chains running and, you know, products in the right place at the right time. So that's going to be a great use as we continue to, you know, what we call it, further that technology and test that out in terms of how we're going to displace or minimize that disruption. But ultimately, as well as we're going to have to be able to predict that disruption, right? So there's going to be a huge focus on supply chain with the chip shortage in automotive, right? So multiple things and issues that we're having is how volatile is your supply chain and what are your mitigating factors that you have to kind of, you know, uh, predict and, you know, create, get, get surplus in your supply chain so you can continue pr- um, what we call producing products, right? So technology is a great way to enable that as well, a- along with collaboration and visibility all throughout your supply chain. So I think what we'll see is a lot more collaboration or ask for collaboration between manufacturing companies and their suppliers for them to be able to communicate more of their production schedules and get that visibility all throughout both your tier one all the way down to your tier fours so that you can start to predict and make adjustments or even help to continue the supply chain, right? The the, the people issue, right, in terms of which we're having uh, AI and automation, right? So, you know, both Chip and Samitha mentioned it. Um, We need to look at ways to do things more efficiently. And AI, you know, RPA, things of that nature is going to be, you know, um, what we call it, working or automating those mundane tasks so we can get folks working on other things like innovating new products, et cetera. Right. And then also, you know, what we talked about, you know, with the the great resignation is also the increase in salaries. Right. So and things of that nature. Well, that cost is going to have to come back somewhere. So companies are really going to start taking a strong focus in terms of profitability and really more of their finances. So and that ties in in two aspects. Right. So both when we talk about innovation and companies coming into brand new revenue streams, Right. The most important thing is going to be is taking a look at your profitability and is this new revenue stream making me money and is it smart for me to stay in that market as well as with the increase in, you know, what we call it cost for my operations. How am I how am I mitigating that across a my pricing in the market or b my cost cutting in terms of expenditures by still focusing on the things that I need to as part of the organization to keep it running. And, and so where I think is a lot more focus on how you collect profitability and cost information will continue to drive throughout organizations. Uh, another topic would be uh, agility, right? So Samitha mentioned customer experience, right? So the customer buying habits are changing, right? And it's demanding that businesses change with it, 
right? And the only way to do that is really as you take a look at your, your organization and it's really around how you operate. So it could be your organizational structure. It could be your processes, process improvement, could be your system, right? So it, it's across all of people process technology in terms of what will need to change to be able to adapt to that new market. And what's interesting, you know, we mentioned like Rivian and some of the other startups that we're seeing in the auto industry, right? They don't have those years of, of bureaucracy in terms of where they have those siloed organizations. So they're coming into market with the ability to make decisions quickly, right? And be able to innovate and bring products to market quicker, opposed to some of the other companies who've been longstanding because they have such bureaucratic processes and silos that they need to go through. So what we're going to continue to start seeing is people taking a look at their organizational structure as well as their technology structure to say, am I set up? Do I need to go through an app modernization to kind of remove the system complexity for me to be able to compete with those new startup companies operating like TechSense, both my business and system landscapes are changing. Thank you very much. Kevin, at the end of this year, will you still be driving a car with your own keys in the ignition or will you be in the backseat of an autonomous vehicle as what a colleague at SAP used to say, we will be the cargo, humans will be the cargo in the backseat or maybe somewhere else. Kevin, will you, let's quickly go around the table. Who will still have keys to their own car at the end of 2022? Uh, Venky, you're not sure. You're going to be driving. You're going to be in an autonomous car. You think? Yeah, I think. I think it's almost there. You know. Uh, okay, we'll, there. we'll we'll talk about that. Thank you very much, Paul Kahana. You're next, Paul. Welcome. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Bonnie. Happy New Year, everyone. <coughs> this is the most engagement I've had outside of my family for the past few weeks. <laughs> but thank you for organizing this. It was getting a little dicey at home. <laughs> my uh, pleasure. <laughs> So uh, top trends, uh, I have um, two observations and some recommendations. Um, so the first, and we've heard some of us talk about it, but uh, I want to talk about AI. And I really do think AI is coming to the forefront in pragmatic ways for organizations of all sizes to leverage. I know organizations have accumulated data over decades, much like hoarders, right, who don't even know what they have. It became overwhelming and people couldn't see the forest from the trees or zeros from their wands or their underwear from their T-shirts, right? So uh, just enormous amount of data that's been collected um, and, you know, it, it just really hasn't been mined. So now enter these cloud providers and hyperscalers, right? You know, they're, they are in the business of big data management, right? And we saw more organizations jump into the cloud so did a lot of their data. And that data management is very, you know, is being leveraged by very sophisticated applications. So, you know, with the advance in data management, all cloud providers are offering some sort of intelligent AI-enabled processing of data, transactions, and even engagement, right? And we all seen uh, different types of AI, even in our, you know, uh, commercial uh, perspectives on how engagements improve. You know, the data markers, um, you know, are all there for sophisticated applications to really enter mainstream applications. So just as it used to be so easy, and it is, right, to say, hey, Alexa, Harry Siri, play me a song or tell me the weather. You know, now we can start to ask our, 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 our business applications, hey, you know, why? Why are my sales down this month? What can I do to improve margins this quarter? Where are my problem areas? And these questions usually were asked to staff, were asked to people who would go off and look at spreadsheets, et cetera. You know, as I mentioned earlier, there's so much information out there that patterns have emerged uh, and, and, and technology exists where you really are able to start asking these questions. So, you know, if you're not looking at how 
start leveraging AI into your business, even simplified scenarios, you really are missing out. And so that's a trend that I think uh, organizations can start jumping on uh, right away because it's really come a long way uh, and become much more mainstream than, you know, uh, reserved for certain organizations. So that's the first one. The second one is around uh, work expectations and they're shifting, right? You know, and, and, and I, I really look at it from this way, simplification with sophistication. Um, so we've all experienced what a bad process looks like and what a pandemic highlights when a process is less than simple. You know, we get frustrated, you know, there's delays and, you know, we, we, we invariably say, I can't believe I tolerated that for One so second. long. It's because we didn't know better right now, you know, with, with everything we saw in the last two years, we really saw opportunity show up and organizations really step up, right? You know, how to simplify your engagements. How do you sophisticate integration to the supply chain? What are emerging talent work models need to look like? So, you know, no surprise, disruption is here to stay. So, so how do you become resilient without becoming rigid? We thought by setting true north guardrails, guidelines would keep us agile. But the goalposts really keep changing. You know, how do you follow the old rules? So my advice to a lot of uh, organizations that are looking at this trend and, and seeing it, you know, is to embrace the ecosystem and really expect more from your partners. And we talked, you know, um, Kevin talked a little bit about this around cost, right? We've seen a lot of organizations push up the cost. And for the most part, consumers accept the cost hikes when they're getting a lot more value in return. So you're going to see a lot of organizations expect more value. As the cost keeps going up, um, there is going to be an expectation to say, okay, so what am I getting for my dollars, right? And, you know, and we're going to see ERP transform away from a one-stop shop. Only we know how to do it. Only this technology is going to get you, you know, uh, a resilient, you know, uh, organization. So what we're going to see is moving away from a one-stop shop to a network of solution collaborators that are really going to enable you to be simple, agile, and sophisticated with minimal impact to your resources. So that's, that's how I see it. Thank you very much, Paul. Very interesting. And we are going to turn to who is left. My goodness, it must be Jamie McCall. Mr. Patience, thank you so much. Somebody had to be last, Jamie. That's just the way the cards fell. So Jamie McCall, I'm putting you, and we have time. Take your time. I, why don't you take about four minutes? Uh, that's what everybody seems to be taking. So Jamie, you're up. Welcome. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Bonnie. And happy New Year to everyone. Um, I, so I think 2022 is going to be a big year. So I think we've we've come off the back of COVID or we're coming to the back of COVID. We've seen the world transform because it had to. And now we're about to see the world transform because it wants to. And I think the thing we've learned in the last two years is we can do this at pace. We're no longer going to wait five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Everybody wants instantaneous gratitude. So I think that's I think next year is a year. A lot of the things we've talked about in this podcast today are going to become real and everybody's going to understand what they mean and understand how they use them. You know, your mom's going to be talking about AI. So I think it's a really interesting year out there. But just bringing it back to some stuff I've talked about previously, I think the supply chain and what Kevin talked about is going to massively change. So we're going to be in disruption in the supply chain for a long time. Because I think we're going to see some of the challenges that we've got just now continue for the first half of this year. And then as we start to build resilience into the supply chain in the second half of the year, we're going to really start to see some changes to how the supply chain works. I think you're going to start to see the breaking down of some of the big global supply chains. 
and the move towards local supply chains and all of the technology changes that brings. But I think even more importantly, what you're actually going to see is the customer and the very end customer engaging right into the supply chain. If you think about it, people want to know where their product is, when they're going to get it. They don't want to believe the salesman that tells them it's coming. We're going to have to see that visibility. We're going to want to see the visibility to our cars being built wherever they're being built and shipped into country. And we're going to want to see our deliveries that are coming to us down to the, the street they're on. If we can deliver food on a Deliveroo app and we can follow the driver, why can't we do it with everything else? And that disruption is going to drive right through our supply chains, right into the local, the localness of what we want to do. And I think that's going to be really exciting because it will bring to life all of your robotics, all of your AI, because we're going to need all of these things to bring that to people today and we will do it and we'll do it a lot quicker and you will see things like drones becoming a real thing it won't be a youtube clip because when we move it to a local distributor when we put it to the corner shop or the the, the supermarket it's going to get there and it's going to get to us quickly so i think there's a big challenge there i think when we, when we step back to an enterprise level what enterprise are all going to talk about this year is visibility they want to see where they are they want to see their costs. They want to see what their P&L looks like. And they want to see how all those things connect together. So if you look at it from a supply chain point of view, it's going to be supply chain towers. Can we see where everything is? Can we see what I, what's going to happen to our costs? Can we make our decisions as we want to and drive that through? And I think that will be super exciting as we, we get into it. And I think just to bring it back to people, because I think a lot of people have um, on the, the podcast so far have talked about the great resignation. I think the interesting thing with people this year is going to be we're going to start traveling again. We're going to start traveling for work. And what does that mean? That means that our edge technology has to work. So we've gone from the office to our home. Now we're going to have to be able to do everything that we do in the office and our home anywhere in the world. It's not going to be good enough that if your internet isn't strong enough or you can't log into something from a cafe that you're going to work. Because as we move, we're going to want to be truly mobile not this hybrid world with the technology that we live in today. And it brings me back to when I joined Deloitte. One of the reasons I joined was because they gave me a mobile phone with an email. Whoever's got the best technology is going to win the, tech, the war on talent. Because if it doesn't work, people are not going to stay. Whether that be the, your Zoom calls don't work, your teams don't work, or whether that be your reporting doesn't work, people are not going to fix it for you anymore. You've got to get it right. So I think, I think there's a lot of change coming this year. I think it's going to be a really exciting year in the market. And I think we're going to really learn what all of these things that we've seen and we've talked about AI, robotics, machine learning really mean when we put them to practice, because now's the time to do it. Thank you very much. Very exciting. I have a comment for you, Jamie. If we're going to get, I'm not sure if this is specifically where you're going, but my implication yeah. is if we're going to get last mile or last block drone delivery, yeah. I like saying thank you to the Amazon person who, who rings the bell and drops off the package. Hopefully they don't leave it in the driveway. They leave it next to the front door on the bench. That's what it's yeah. there for. Yeah. Okay. A package of fruit from Florida was left in front of my garage. I almost ran over it when I backed the car out. Hello. But I like saying hello to the UPS guy. Yeah. I, know his, I know him by name. So will drones have a name? Will they have a personality? So if I see a drone coming to my porch or my roof, I say, hey, Bobby, drone number 1,275,000. How's the family? Will I be able to say that, Jamie? Maybe. You might even give your car a name and drive your car by asking the taxi driver to get you where you need to go. <laughs> if that's what people want, that's what the technology will give us now. 
I, I we want some personalization. I still yeah. want to be able to relate to that that thing, that person who brings me yeah. what I have. Listen, everybody, you've all been wonderful. We've got about three and a half minutes left before we close. So what I'd like to do is go ahead. And Chip had to leave us. I know he's very popular. He's getting calls. Go to a conference. Go to a conference. So he left. Um, so what I'd like to do is quickly go around the table. I'll call your name. Do you have a special drink you enjoyed over the holidays? Doesn't have to be an alcoholic beverage. Anything that made you feel like you're really enjoying the holidays? Let's go around the table. Uh, let's see. Juan, any special drink you enjoyed you'd like to tell us about real brief? April Spritz. That bring me to summer. Ah. It, was, it was a mix of colors for, for the season, but at the end, it's like a summer memory. So, yes, that was my Thank you. Oren, do you have a drink? The classic martini. And I mean, actually with vermouth. Most bartenders now will just give you a big glass of gin and won't even touch the vermouth. You have to have the vermouth in there with a couple of olives, of course. Shame on them. Venki, Venki, do you have a favorite drink? Being being from the wine wine country, I'm I'm a wine uh, fan, so I like my Pinots, uh, Pinot Noir, and I like my Cab. So so that, those would be my two. What was your top drink over the holidays? Which one did you enjoy more often? Uh, I love the Pinot uh, Pinot Pinot Noir. So. There you go. Thank you very much. Smitha, I'm going to do justice to your last name. Smitha Chaudhavapu. Did I get it? Yeah. Smitha Close Smitha enough. Smitha Thank Smitha you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I botched in the beginning. Smitha, any favorite drink? We got to go real fast now. What'd you have? Oh, I just had some really Indian chai because it was raining like crazy. And there is something called as pakoras or pakodas and chai. That was my go-to every day. Thank Every day. Thank you. Harish, drink. Yeah, so uh, my my daughter, thirteen uh, year old, uh, she made a very very nice drink. So she had this uh, uh, cold uh, green tea with smashed mint leaves and ginger and lime in that. That, that was famous, and it, mm. everybody loved it. The party uh, we had a couple uh, doing our holidays stuff. So very good. nice, Kevin Foster. What'd you drink? Real fast, Vite Vite. Going classic margarita on the rocks with salt. Thank you, Paul. What'd you have? Well, I have to say, over holidays, it's called Christmas Bug Juice, which is all the unfinished wine, unfinished champagne, <laughs> mixed together with some orange juice. There, that was that. that reminds, that's my new Christmas drink. Thank you, Jamie McCall. What do you have for the holiday? Malt whiskey. What else is it ever going to be? Well, with that accent, I can understand that. I kept a bottle of Bailey's in the fridge, and every morning I had a little sip, just a little sip, and it just made me so happy to start the day. And I also bought a little whisk, a little $14 whisk uh, milk frother. And I'll tell you, in a little silver pitcher I keep in the fridge, a little bit of heavy cream, yes, I indulge. I whipped that cream under 10 seconds to a medium-heavy whip where I could actually put it on top of hot chocolate, and it held up. Wow, what a device. I want to say thank you to our... Our engineer, our intrepid engineer, Aaron Keller at Voice America Radio. I want to say thank you to our viewers on LinkedIn, our viewers on Facebook. Happy, happy everything. Let's hope, my signature says, let's hope for a happier, healthier, safer year for us all. That's all we can hope for right now. Thank you to my esteemed panelists. Thank you to Hasmin Bellanos, Flores at Deloitte for being the showrunner for the show. I'm looking forward to season three. Bonnie D. Graham signing off, and I have one thing. I want all of you to wag your finger, wag your finger right now like this. Come on, wag your finger. That's it. And don't go away. We're going to take pictures after. Harish, wag your finger. Come on, join us. If somebody tells you the future is already here, you're going to say, no, no, no. That was yesterday's future. (laughs) Today's future didn't happen yet, and we're going to make it a better one. Waving. Bye-bye. Don't go away. We take pictures. Bye, Voice America. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Thanks again for 